All right, so before I get started with today's message and this uh, uh, wonderful new series that we're so excited about, uh, I, I do want to say that it's great to see you all. It's great to see so many faces and so many smiles. And guess what? I have to confess something. I have been for the last three months, yes, it's been three months since I've been boots on the ground here. I'm fresh and clean and new. Right? But in those three months, I've been trying to pair names with eyeballs <laughs> and hairstyles. And now y'all messing me up. Y'all got no mask on. Some of you got mask on. It's, it's, it's interesting. So please, please, I beg you, bear with me as I'm trying, I'm trying to learn names and pair you with it. I'm just going to have to start over. I'm going to have to start over learning names and everything. So uh, we're grateful that every one of you are here, whether you're masked or unmasked. I want you to know that you are welcome here at the Mercy Vineyard Church. All right. And you can clap for that. I want to say that we are here to worship Jesus. Right. That is our goal. In this place, we're here to learn about and express our spirituality. We're here as a vineyard church. We, one of our values is we partner with the Holy Spirit. We, we want to do what we see the Father doing. And, and we want to share our experiences relationally with each other as a family in love and in unity. Jesus says this, and he's quoted in Luke chapter 6, verse 37. He says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. See, he's warning us in this passage, I believe, of our own self-righteousness. And he's drawing our attention to our need, our desperate need for humility. We all need to operate more in humility. Judgment of someone's personal preference of whether they wear a mask or not is not on the table here. That's not what we're talking about. That's not, we're not going to have that discussion. But I am grateful to each and every one of you for being here and being a part of this family, whether you want to wear your mask or not. You see, I don't want anyone to come into this house, this house of worship, this family, feeling embarrassed, feeling pressured, uh, feeling judged, or feeling like they're better than anyone else because of a personal preference decision. You are free to make your own choice. And you are free to enjoy that choice here at the Mercy Venue Church. I want us to always operate as a family in unity and in love to come together and honor Jesus, to come together and connect with one another, and always come together to serve our community. That's what we want to do here. So before you leave today, could you do me a favor? Can you have a welcoming, loving, caring conversation with somebody you didn't come in with today? Could, could you do that? Could you make a commitment to do that today? You know what? And, and I got some bonus points. Bonus points if you talk to somebody who you've never met before. 
I, the only bonus, real bonus points, I have some quarters in my car that I use for the Aldi uh, carts. So, I mean, if you, need, if you need a quarter, I'll give you a quarter. That's the bonus point. Just come and let me know. I talk to somebody new. I'll go to the car and get you a quarter. All right? Or you could just believe that Jesus is going to bless you. Amen. All right. So now let's get, let's get the party started. The real party with our brand new series. All right. So can you remember, can you remember a song that changed your life? Can you think about it? Think about it. A song that changed your life. Maybe it was something from your childhood that captured your attention. Maybe it's a song that uh, uh, you relate to an experience or memory that you never want to forget. Uh, maybe, maybe the song, uh, uh, it's something that uh, has challenged you or changed your worldview. I want you to keep that song in your mind. I want you to play that song on your way home. I want you to play that song in your car or in your house all throughout this week, all throughout this series, because I want you to take that song and make it the soundtrack for this new series that we're starting today. All right. Can you do that? You see, I'm a child of the early hip hop era. I grew up in the, in the early 80s. With, with, with the first days of hip-hop. And, and uh, I will never forget when my friend introduced me to the first hip-hop record that I ever heard in my life. It was Run DMC's Sucker MC's, 1984. Somebody told me not to rap. It was my wife. But I just feel it. I just feel the vibe. A few years ago, a friend of mine... All right, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So anyway, see my wife not here right now, so I can, I can play. But I'll never forget that he introduced me to that song. I said, what is this new sound that I've never heard before, that my parents are not playing, that, that they don't even like? <laughs> my father said, get that rap, bibbidi bop stuff out of my house. <laughs> but hip-hop changed my life, and it's taken the world by storm. Uh, hip-hop, I believe, it gave folks uh, uh, who adopted the hip-hop culture freedom. It, it gave people this freedom of verbal expression when, when we were told that we ought to be quiet in an unjust world. Hip-hop gave us freedom of art and, and, and uh, expression and music, right? When there were music and art programs being eliminated from certain schools, depending on the zip code that they were in. You see, hip-hop gave us freedom of style and dance, something like this. I thank God that video cameras didn't exist back then because then you would have to watch a video of me. That was my thing. I love to break dance. And I remember my father telling me, boy, you're going to break your neck trying to do all that break dance and stuff. We used to get out in the street and have a ball. But anyway, hip hop is currently the number one most popular genre of music in the entire world. It's absolutely taken the world by storm. It's arguably so popular because it is a culture that has offered freedom to those who do not feel free. It is great to feel free, isn't it? 
It's great when you have that feeling of, of freedom. You know, some people will do anything to feel free. Some people will go to great lengths to feel free. But you know what's better than feeling free? Actually experiencing freedom from those things that keep you in bondage. Freedom from those things that hold you back. Freedom from those things that are keeping you stuck and still and in fear. Freedom. Today we're launching a brand new series. We're calling it Freedom because we want to look at what Jesus has to say about freedom and what we can do to experience that freedom in various areas of our lives. We want to be free from those areas that keep us bound. So we're going to be looking in the Gospel of John today, chapter number 8, verses number 31 through 36. So if you have your Bible, you could turn it on or open it up to the Gospel of John, or you could watch right here on the video screens. We'll have it up on the side screens. It says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who, believed, who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We, we are descendants of Abraham, they answered him. And we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will be free? And hear him saying it now, how soon they forget. Jesus responded, truly I tell you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. Some of your virgins say you will be free indeed. I hear y'all. I hear you. Talk back to me now. What is freedom? You see, some people think freedom is the ability to get wealth, to make this money. Wu-Tang Clan said, cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Thank you. I get some help in here. <laughs> Wu-Tang forever. Some people think freedom is the, the, the ability to be uh, economically and politically boundless. Some people think that freedom is the ability to take advantage of situations and sometimes people. Some people think that freedom is, is living without consequences or, or, or condemnation or restrictions. What does the Bible have to say? You see, biblically what freedom actually is. It is uh, the ability for us to be released from illegitimate limitations in order for us to become all that God has created and redeemed us to be. You see, freedom is tied to your reason for being. A lion can't say, I'm tired of this king of the jungle stuff. I'm going to be king of the sea. I'm going to jump in this ocean right now, and I'm going to rule things in that ocean. You know what's going to happen to him? He's going to die. That lion going to either gonna drown, or he's going to get eaten up by a shark. He ain't going to be king of the sea for long, because he was not created to be king in that environment. You see, the, 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 the shark on the same uh, level can look up to that land and say, oh, man, there's some tasty morsels up on that land. I think I'm going to express my freedom today and go up there and enjoy the buffet that is on that land. I'm going to express my freedom in that way. Guess what? He's going to die. 
Because God did not create the shark to, to exist on the land. Matter of fact, if you see a shark walking, run. <laughs> I say run, then pray, right? Don't sit there and pray because you're going to be a meal. You see, we must understand that freedom is not void of restriction. You are not free to drive home this afternoon at 110 miles an hour because you would put yourself and others in danger. Freedom operates within legitimate boundaries. You know, every, sports, every sport has boundaries. Every sport has boundaries, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, soccer, tennis. Can you imagine a tennis player playing tennis and then all of a sudden just go out of bounds and grab a ball and throw it back at their opponent? That's not tennis. That's called dodgeball. <laughs> we have restrictions in order for athletes to be free enough to express that what they've been gifted in, they're, they're to play the game. And for us to be free to enjoy that game. You see, sports have boundaries in order so that players and the game can be well played. You and I ought to have boundaries as well in order to live out the freedoms that God has placed on the inside of each one of us. So how do I get this freedom, Gary? I hear what you're saying. I hear you. How do I get this freedom when I'm burdened with the pains and problems that prevent me from living and enjoying this life that I was created for? How do I get this freedom or experience this freedom when the reality of my circumstance is that I'm overwhelmed with addiction to drugs or addiction to alcohol or addiction to sex outside of my marriage or addiction to being angry or envy or jealousy or the labels that other people might put on me? What is it that keeps you and me from being free? What is it that keeps you in bondage? What I want you to do is name that for yourself. You know, you don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to tell your business. But I want you to name it for yourself. You know your life. What's holding you back? What's holding you down? I want you to identify it so that you can partner with the Holy Spirit while you're listening to this message so that you can break free from that thing today before the end of this day. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we believe that he will set you free. In today's passage, Jesus gives us his recipe because he's cooking up something real good. He gives us his recipe for experiencing the freedom that he wants to give us. He wants us to experience this fullness of freedom, and he offers it through a relationship with him. You see, first thing, my first point, the first thing that Jesus wants us to know is that we need to continue in his word. Look at verse number 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you will be my, or you really are my disciples. You see, before Jesus gets to that freedom experience in verse number 36, he talks about the importance of being grounded, the importance of having a foundation of being in his word. It's valuable. You don't just read a verse a day to keep the devil away. But we need to, uh, to 
He says, continue in his word. That word continue means to remain in. It means to abide. It means to hang out in. For, for me, I like to, to find out, you know, read the Bible and see how this will apply to my life, right? So I'm like, okay, well, what word will make this make sense to me? And what makes sense to me is to daydream. Any other daydreamers in here? Hey, hey, there you go. Daydream, right? To daydream or fantasize about this thing. Because when you daydream or fantasize about something, it's always in your head. It's always something going on in your head. You forget about everything else that's going on around you. When you daydream about his word, you're not only committing it to memory, but you're rolling that thing over and over in your mind. You're thinking about how can it impact me? How can this change me? How can it do what it's supposed to do in my life? You're constantly dwelling on it so that it can impact you. Back in the day, I abided in some of hip hop's legends. I abided in in, in some of the the legends of hip-hop from the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. I abided in the the lyrics of of folks like LL Cool J and and, 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 uh, Rakim, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I abided in Public Enemy who told me to fight the powers that be. I I continued in the ways of a Missy Elliott and and, and a a Queen Latifah who told me it was all about you and I, T.Y., I continued in the waves of the Wu-Tang who told me to protect my neck. And those like Snoop Dogg, Biggie, and Tupac who told me to keep my head up. You see, I committed their songs to memory. I adopted their dress, their mannerisms. Hip-hop was my everything. I even kept a book of raps. And when my mama found that book of raps, she wrote me a little note in the back of the book, said, if this is what you're focusing your time on, I see why you're messing up in school. (laughs) I was so embarrassed. I lived that hip-hop so much so that my culture, my language became their culture and their language. I became hip-hop. But don't you see? This is exactly what Jesus is calling us to do right here. He's calling us. If we want to experience the freedom that Jesus has for us, we have to continue in him. We have to become his true disciples. And we, we have to allow ourselves to become more and more like him. We have to allow our, uh, his life and his words to wash over us so much so that we're saturated in Jesus. And we allow his ways, his language, his lifestyle to become our very own. Matter of fact, the best compliment that somebody can ever pay you is, "Mm, is that Jesus? Because you you walk like, you might talk like, you might act like, you're like, what's going on with Gary? Is that? No. Right? Because that shows that we are growing and progressing and maturing to be more and more like him. If we want to experience the freedom that only Jesus can bring, we've got to get closer to him. Now, to get closer to Jesus, to know Jesus, uh, I have some suggestions. Set up some adventures with him. Be creative. Go on a date with Jesus. Have you ever done that? Put it on your calendar. Set up a time where you can meet with Jesus one-on-one. Be creative. Go out in nature with your Bible or your mobile device and read some scriptures while you're out there by yourself. 
Matter of fact, be creative. Get on your bike and ride your bike with Jesus. Pray with Jesus as you ride your bike. Just, just don't close your eyes. I don't want to see you on the 11 o'clock news. I was praying and the car just ran me over. Think about what you like to do and invite Jesus into that situation. As a matter of fact, to show your maturity, partner with Jesus in what he's already doing and hang out with him there. See, we need to focus on Jesus. We need to focus on his word and cultivate our relationship with him and watch us observe. Uh, we should observe how he's transforming our life. The second thing that Jesus tells us to do is to know the truth. Verse number 32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. <laughs> what is truth? This is exactly what Pilate asked Jesus further on in the same book, chapter 18. You can read it for yourself. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Before he sentenced him to be beaten before his crucifixion. What is truth? In Jewish thought, ancient Jewish thought, the word truth was characterized and related to God. Capital T, truth is God. You see, truth must come from an absolute source, which is God. God's ways are not necessarily our ways. Yeah, I'm about to say something hard. Here it is. Truth is not your feelings. Uh-oh. Don't run out yet. Hold on, I'm going to resolve it. Truth is not our feelings because our feelings are always in flux. Our feelings change depending on the circumstance or situation that we're in. Our feelings change depending on how we woke up this morning. You wake up on this side of the bed or that side of the bed. So our feelings cannot be truth. Similarly, our, our reasoning or thinking is not truth. Oh, Gary, you're messing with me. Our reasoning is finite, where God is infinite. When we find out additional information, we change our reasoning. We are the kings and queens of the famous phrase, oh, I didn't know that. See, we, we say that when we find out more information. So we, how can we and our reasoning and how we think be the source of truth if we're always in a state of learning? You know, it's got to be bigger than that. Your truth has to be bigger than that. Truth is the reality of God through Jesus who desires to bring wholeness to our relationship with himself. Truth is unmistakably Jesus Christ himself. He said in uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You see, he defines himself as truth. The truth, not a truth. You can't say Jesus and Muhammad. You can't say Jesus and Buddha. You can't say Jesus and Confucius or Jesus and my thoughts. Jesus and how I feel. Because that's an abomination to Jesus. You see, there's no such thing as my truth or your truth. It's only the absolute standard of Jesus. So, when we know 
Jesus, we can be set free from what truly binds us. What truly holds us back. And you know what really truly holds us back? There's only one thing. Sin. Sin. We don't like to talk about sin. Oh, Gary. But let me tell you what sin is. Sin is relational separation from God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 tells us that sin is lawlessness. And that's not lawlessness as just breaking the law, right? All of us are lawless in that way. But lawlessness as in uh, 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 not honoring or respecting the lawgiver. The personal relationship with the lawgiver. Because we like to make up our own rules, right? We love making up our own rules. This feels good to me. This is how I want to do things. And so we make up and place our own rules in place. And God is like, what, what happened to me? I created the whole universe. You're supposed to follow me, right? Well, no, I'm good, God. I got this. You see, James tells us that sin is, not, is knowing good and not doing it. Sin is missing the mark of God's perfection. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But I'm not saying all of this to make you feel bad. I'm not standing up here telling you all this sin stuff to make you feel, Oh, how lowly am I, how terrible I am, and Gary made me feel worthless today in church. No, I want you to come back. <laughs> But I do want us to understand that saying all of this is just for us to understand the depth of our personal need for Jesus. We need him. We need a relationship with him because he's the one who takes the penalty, pays the penalty for our sin. Brian Stevenson once said that each of us is more than the worst thing we've ever done. You are more than the worst thing you've ever done. Why? Because you are created in the image of God. He handcrafted you individually. He loves you individually. Individually knows your name, knew everything about you before you were even born. You are the love of his life, the masterpiece in his collection. Sin may look good in the beginning. Sin may feel good in the beginning. I know I ain't talking. I tell you my business. Y'all can relate. I'm sure. But sin is always a trap. It's always a trap. How many of you ever been fishing? Fin fishing? All right. Oh, the majority of y'all. Okay, great. You know what you do when you fish? You make that hook look good. <laughs> Tantalizing. Mmm, so tempting. The fish are sitting there like, hmm, that smells good. That little worm on there, little cricket, whatever you put on there. Oh, it's wiggling. Oh, it, it looked delightful. I just want to go over and take a little nibble. I just going to take a little taste and I'm going to go back over here with my school of fish. Let me just get over here and get a little taste. Got him. It's a trap. You reel that thing in, put him in the boat. He's dead. He's dinner. Because it was a trap. Right? That's what sin is. Sin is a trap when our enemy thinks that he has us on the hook. Jesus comes in with the catch and release. You see, he's the one who, who gets you off the hook, throws you in, and then he hooks himself and said, I'll take it. Take me in the boat instead. 
Jesus pays the penalty. He puts himself on the hook for us. Faith alone in Christ alone connects us with Jesus. And it develops this relationship with him that we all desperately need. So when we fully commit our lives to Jesus, we're free from the penalty of sin. And we open up our ability for the third point, which is experience true freedom. To experience true freedom, look at verse number 36, the last verse. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you really, really will be free. See, the key here, we, we like to jump to the word, the last word, and the sentence. We, oh, free, I want free. The key here is the Son. Oh, because it's the Son who does the work. I'm not, I don't have to do it. It's the Son who sets us free. The son who, 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 if we develop this relationship, if we, like he said in the beginning, get deeper in his scriptures, get deeper in our spiritual relationship with Jesus, he will set us free. First John chapter one, verse nine says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us or cleanse us from our sin and all unrighteousness. You see, if we commit to deepening our relationship with Jesus, we can expect freedom in many areas of our lives. But watch this. It's not just for you. See, a lot of us like to think, you know, selfishly, individually, it's all about me getting mine. You worry about yours, you know. I ain't worried about you. But he said, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for your flesh. But serve one another through love. You see, if you have been set free from something, you go and set somebody else free from that same thing. If you've been set free from idolatry, the love of money over God and over people, the love of systems and groups and, and parties and all that stuff above God and all people, if you've been set free from that, help somebody else get out of that. If you've been set free from assassinating someone's character or using your words in a, a corrupt way, you've been set free from that. Help somebody else get free from that. If you've been set free from legalism or, or, or from uh, alcoholism or racism or from selfishness or from lust, or you fill in the blank. You know your life. If God has brought you out of that thing, then you turn around and help somebody else get up out of that thing too. Don't leave anybody behind. This is not a self-centered faith that we have. Know that our freedom in Christ is given for us to love. He said, all I'm, all, Jesus said, all I want you to do is one thing, love. Love God and love others. If you get them to right, everything else fall in line, folks. That's it. If we're in right relationship with Jesus, I'll close out here. Guess what? You're already free. But I don't feel it. It don't matter if you feel it. You are already free. You've been set free, free indeed, if you are in Jesus. You want to know how I know? Because Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, you are free from the curse of the law. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 12, verse 7 through 17 says that you are free from the penalty of sin because Christ paid it all for you. Ephesians chapter 2 says that you are free from spiritual death and the permanence of physical death because you will get a new body and you will live with Jesus forever. Colossians chapter 1 says that you are free from the authority of Satan. And you, 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 we, have the, uh, we don't have to flirt with the ideas of temptation anymore because we have the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. We are free from the power of sin. Romans chapter 8 verse number 1 says that we are free from the condemnation that comes along with sin. If I miss the mark, Jesus Christ is right there with me. Worship team, y'all can come on up. I'm closing this thing. I know when y'all hear black preachers say, I'm closing this thing, y'all don't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to close this thing and go 20 more minutes. Ha! Come on, where's my organ player? <laughs> I can do it now. I can do it. Listen, have you ever misplaced something that you needed? You ever misplaced something that you needed in a pinch? You needed it right away. My wife, I can talk about her because she, she's not here. Don't tell her. No, I asked her. She gave me permission. She misplaced her glasses. She needs these glasses to drive so she don't kill us. She needs to... Don't tell her I said that. She needs these glasses. And so she's looking around for her glasses. And so I jump in to help her to find these glasses. We're in the bedroom. We're in the bathroom. We're all over the house looking for these glasses. My daughter joins in. She's looking all around for these glasses. And the brilliance of my daughter, she looks at my wife and says, Ma, touch your top of your head. And she reached up there, and guess what? She already had it. She already had what she was looking for, what she needed to progress to make it uh, through to the next stage. You see, we already had freedom. Jesus has already given us freedom. If you have a relationship with him, you already have it with you. You've already been granted victory. You have it on the inside of you. But what you need to do now is walk by faith like you already got it. And watch him do some amazing things in your life as you walk in faith with Jesus. So let us continue in his word so that we can get to know Jesus a little bit better. Let us get to know the truth because it's only the truth that will set us free. And let us get to experience true freedom through our relationship with the one and only Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father. We are so grateful for this opportunity to know your truth, to know what you're doing in our lives and how you are making a move on us so that we can be free and free indeed. Whatever is holding us back today, I pray that you break it. Whatever is holding us down today, I pray that you set us free from it. Whatever is holding us back from being all that you have created us to be, we bind it in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would move us forward, that you would direct our steps, that you would give us love, joy, peace, and grace as we progress forward in our lives. God, be with us and love us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you.